0: Hello and welcome to System Mastery. It's still White Ween here at the old studio, and you know, I know for a fact there's a little white ween in me, but I hope there's a little white ween in all of us. Today, we take a look at what is unquestionably the greatest RPG ever to be adapted into a professional wrestler, Vampire the Masquerade. Uh, John has just provided me with several vampire jokes to read, so here we go. How do vampires get around on Halloween night? They use blood vessels. Why doesn't anyone like Count Dracula? He's a pain in the neck. What does a vampire take when he has a cold? A coffin drop. What's the largest building in Transylvania? The Palace of the Parliament. Constructed in 1984 in the home of the Parliament of Romania, it's well known as the third largest building in the world after the People's Assembly building of the Florida-based Kennedy Center. What's Vampire's favorite room? A rectory! Vampire's favorite holiday? May. Welcome back. I'm Jeff, your host. And as always, John's right over there, just flopping lazily into a seat. (laughs) Like a walrus learned to sit down. (laughs) Can I get you anything there, buddy? Maybe a tasty clam? (coughs) (laughs) Walruses do do that, but they're mostly masturbating,
1: (laughs) mostly jerking it.
0: (laughs) So, a happy white ween to you. And a happy white ween to all of us. (laughs) White ween us, everyone. (laughs) You, sir, what day is it? Why, it's White Ween Day. (laughs) Then there's still time. (laughs) Go and purchase the largest ween in the store. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Alright, so uh, this week we are reviewing from the, what, late 80s? I don't remember what this particular edition came out. Uh, This is second edition, so I think it's uh, early 90s. Early 90s. So early 90s White Wolf Vampire. Yep, this is the masquerade, baby. We're going right down the center of the popularity pipe this time. We're not bothering with... I don't know, what what we see, the White Wolf games we've covered so far have just been a panoply of nonsense from the fringes.
1: Oh yeah, it's all the, like, side, non-main World of Darkness books.
0: Until we did Promethean a couple weeks ago. which Even was,
1: then, that's not like a main World of Darkness book. Like, well, it's, it's not one of the main four.
0: It's in the World of Darkness, though. I mean The other books we've covered have literally been outside, well, except Orpheus, I think, is also in the official World of Darkness. Yes. Of our White Wolf games, we have covered non-White Wolf games, Exalted, Scion, Street Fighter... Uh, Some more of them, probably. Uh, and some then, more of them, probably. <laughs> I think that might be it. That might some be- more of them, the probably. I mean, technically, uh, hole or human-occupied landfill is a black dog game, which is part of the White Wolf holdings. So I think it would probably also count as a White Wolf game that we've covered. Eh. So there's four. And then we've covered one that was in the World of Darkness, technically, Promethean. And another that I think is Orpheus. So this is our sixth goddamn White Wolf game. And we still haven't covered Shadowrun, by the way. No. Or Earth Dawn. No. What's up with the White Wolf? Why are we doing this? Oh, because it's White Ween. Yeah, obviously. It's White Ween. Of course. But this is the
1: first of the core White Wolf books. What would you say are the core? So the core White Wolf books are going to be the first ones that really came out. And you're gonna have Vampire the Masquerade. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have Werewolf the Apocalypse. Yeah. You're gonna have uh, the Mage the Ascension. Mm-hmm, sure. And then Changeling the I forget what the fuck.
0: Really, I would have. Oh, figured, the Dreaming. Changeling the Dreaming or whatever. Yeah, I would have figured you were gonna sense... seeing as how Mummy is a sh- is a source book that was introduced in Vampire for Vampire. Like it was like, hey, this is a Vampire source book. Mummies. The Mummy would have been the other one. No, before Mummy's Changeling, not one
1: of the main ones. Re-
0: really? No, Mummy- I would have figured. I would have figured Changeling is so far in the fringes that I was going to forget it existed. If it wasn't Mummy, I would have figured it was going to be Hunter that was next.
1: No, because that's not really, like, main World of Darkness. Like, when you talk about the main ones, it's really those four, and then everything kind of goes along the fringes at various degrees. That's
0: crazy. Because seeing as how, I'd say, of the ones you listed, like, half of them simply cannot be played. (laughs) Like, I, I defy anyone to tell me that they played a long campaign in Changeling. Oh, so many people did. And then fucking Werewolf. Werewolf is straight. I mean, unless you pick that one cl- clan that likes to hang, or what are they called? Prax, whatever. They like to hang out in cities. You're basically playing like, I'm an eco terrorist who lives on a Wyoming beef ranch.
1: Pretty much, yeah. Are, are I gonna- mean, I ran a Werewolf game. I'll go ahead and throw that out there. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much it because your main villains are. Evil werewolves. Yeah, the black spiral dancers. Weird spirits that are all messed up from the worm. Alright. And then just uh Pentax, the like evil pollution guys. You're basically playing
0: big furry uh uh, like Fern Gully? Big furry ferngully. No, you're, you're Planeteers is what you are. Is it too late for me to change the name of my character for this week? least <laughs> bonus content to Big furry Fern Gully? <laughs> <laughs> You can do whatever I mean, you want. I mean, that is so Fern Gully Because, I mean, you're literally telling me that there's a spirit of pollution named Pentax. No, that's the company.
1: The company is named Pentax, oh, and be-
0: they pollute. Because the pollution god in Fern Gully was named Hexus. And we're really, that's not that far off.
1: No, but Pentax is like a first, first like, of all evil corporation that dumps toxic waste and doesn't care about whatever and shit like that
0: first of all there's no way that pantax isn't a discount tampon company pentex oh i'm sorry i, th- I heard i heard t- pantax
1: yeah cuz that <laughs> is a tampon company <laughs>
0: No, that's Tampax. No, Pantax. Yeah, Pantax. It's it's like when you get a Somi TV. Yeah, you get them exactly. Discount you know when tampons. You walk on the
1: street in New York, and a guy's like, "Hey, you want to you want to get a watch or some tampons?" And you look on it; it says Pantax
0: on there, and you're like, "Wait a minute! It's just a cardboard tube with a picture of Charles Bronson on the side of it." Hey, minute. lady, put me in ya. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want this
1: Rolac watch or your Pantax tampons. <laughs>
0: Pantax Tampons, mostly plant burrs. <laughs> uh, They're not absorbent at all. <laughs> I'm the mascot, Charles Bronson. <laughs> Damn it, Charles Bronson, don't you have better things to do? I do not. <laughs> Canon Films stopped making Death Wish films.
1: <laughs>
0: I've basically been out of work since then. <laughs> I keep auditioning to play Batman. Why? Come on, Rubin. <laughs> Get in the Betmobile.
1: <laughs> uh, so so Vampire was oh, yeah. really Vampire, really the like the core of the White Wolf license. It
0: is the meat and potatoes and bread and butter. Everything else they do is like a funny experiment in seeing if they can make a game. But Vampire is the one that works.
1: And the the thing with Vampire is that really launched like, a huge different way of doing the RPGs. Because, I mean, we had a lot of fantasy and we had a lot of uh, sci-fi... Sci-fi,
0: gumshoes, police cops, two-fisted archaeologists.
1: But even then, I mean, a lot of it was really, like, weirdly into very, like, trying to be either real world, if you were one of, like, the top secret or whatever, Mm -hmm. or you were doing the fantasy or sci-fi, but even then it was... Very rules-heavy, and
0: uh, yeah, you it, think it about seems the...
1: to be focused more on, like, very stuffy-type things of, like, oh, we're going off Tolkien, or we're going off of, like...
0: The parts of Star Trek that no one likes.
1: Fucking <laughs> <I> <laughs> goddamn you, Starfleet, you piece of shit. But, Prime I mean, Star... Directive, you son of a bitch, I will kill you.
0: Prime is a great example, though, because it's like, hey, let's take a license, and let's turn it into a boring set of rules, and that's, like, early 80s sci-fi RPG. There are exceptions. I mean, don't get me wrong. We're talking shit like, you know, Tecamel or or uh, what's the one that we did? It was like Sky Realms.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm not saying that, like, oh, before Vampire, no one had done anything interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that it really popularized a different way of playing. And it was also geared towards, like, teenagers. Before yeah. this, you had geared towards kids. Or geared towards big, fat, nerdy well, beardos?
0: Barely. I can't think of a game that came out before this that was geared towards children. Most games at that point were like, they had a strict disdain for children. You mentioned someone trying to introduce a 10-year-old to first edition d and <laughs> I mean, I think like the first thing in the book is like, uh, oh, hello, I'm Gary Gygax. In between puffs on my corn cob pipe, let me tell you about why children are a disgusting necessity.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, obviously not D&D, because... I hate that everyone goes straight to D&D as like, a this is a way you introduce someone to a hobby. Oh, yeah.
0: No, it isn't. Well, the thing about D&D is at this point, it's its own brand. Everyone talks about it as if it's the fantasy simulator of all fantasy simulators, but it's not. D&D is simply, in most cases, the best way to play D&D. Yeah, D&D is the best way to simulate D&D. There are certain other games that compete, like Pathfinder, for example, is a fairly good way to play D&D. Yeah. but, but it's, uh, Or Hackmaster. I mean, there's a whole genre of games that... It, that simulate the experience of playing Dungeons & Dragons, which itself is a Dungeons & Dragons simulator. Yes. Uh, But but this is something new. This was a new landscape thing.
1: Yeah, the, the target audience, the way in which it was built, the entire idea of this, like, tortured protagonist that instead of it being tortured because of weird rules, it was just, we've taken this horror trope and gone very gothic with it and very dark and serious while also having kind of a strange, like, appeal to the teenage crowd of, like, you're an outsider no genius. one gets you. It was genius.
0: It was a genius thing to do. They they went right after a market that no one else had tried to get yet. I mean, some some nerd kids fell into Dungeons & Dragons or Traveler or what have you back in the early and mid-80s because it was the only game in town. And then this, these guys were like, well, okay, we can't go after the cool kids, because the cool kids will literally show up at our studio and beat us up. <laughs> but there's a whole market that we no one's touched yet. The kids who smoke. Yeah. We have to go after them, kids the who... disaffected who, k- children yeah, out there. Yeah, the disaffected youth of the late 80s and early 90s. We have to get them. And boy, did they. Yeah. The bang-having Darias of, uh, of 1990. <laughs> Let's get them and give them a game where they can smoke cloves in an alley.
1: Yeah, and I mean, even right in 2nd edition, there is several pages about like rules of LARPing and how to
0: do that. Yeah, there's a lot of LARP rules right in the book. This book has a lot of interesting features right off. I mean, there are a lot of things in here that I found execrable, things that just made me angry. For example, before I got to the rules of how to play the game while reading through Vampire, which this is my first read-through of Vampire. Of which, any, any I mean addition. that is amazing to me. I just dodged it. It was never my thing. Like I was saying, you know, I've said this several times in afterthoughts and so on. My first game was Rifts and my second game was Dungeons and Dragons, which I played a lot like Rifts. And uh Yeah, no, I mean I just had a is, weird experience growing
1: up. We had both the same beginning to it. Started Rifts, went to D&D. But then at some point I was like, yeah, you know what's rad? Vampires. Not Vampires me, are rad.
0: I fell further and further down the palladium spiral when I thought vampires were rad. I just played Rifts Mexico.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, see, but that was my first character was a vampire hunter from Mexico.
0: That was like my third Rifts character, and he was—I I pretty much just cheated the system because I had my hands on the conversion book and a copy of Heroes Unlimited. So I made a my vampire hunter was a a superhero with the power of turning himself to water. Yeah, and I was just like, ha ah, ha! I'm immune to vampires, and vampires can't touch me. When and yeah, your game sucks, Andy. Ha-ha. <laughs> I've and ruined everything. Andy, my DM from nineteen ninety five.
1: Yeah. So the the thing with Vampire is, oddly enough as well, with this, when you look at especially the games that we've looked at from White Wolf, mm-hmm. and a lot of the uh the way that the game went after Vampire is that to start with it wasn't a lot like the other Vamp- or Werewolf game or White Wolf games, in that other ones after this where it kind of, especially in Promethean, when you get a very clear sense of we want five different types of things. They've got like five different power sets, and we've got this thing, and everyone has very clear.
0: Yeah, by the ways time they got around it, to Promethean, they had figured out all the slots you had to fill. They were like, all right, let's get all the pegs put together so players can quickly do this. By then, there was, you know, not to steal our own name all the time, by then, people had White Wolf System Mastery. They knew how to build a character right away, so it was very easy for the game designer to be like, here's yet more of what you're used to. Here's another chunk of it.
1: Oh, yeah. You could crack open a brand new, never-before-seen game and be
0: like, okay, I'm on board. I'm, I know what it is. What are the five things? What are the five things that you divide your characters into? And then what are their five powers? And then what's the one where I have to choose thing, And then one of the things I have to choose about my personality is always a shitty one that no one has ever picked. Huh. Like, for example, in Promethean, the one where you're the refinement of vengeance, where you're just like a dick. Huh. Like, why would you pick that? Why would you? Why would anyone? I like playing as bad guys. Oh, do you like playing as petulant, shitty bad guys? No, I like playing as edgy, gothy bad guys who are secretly good guys. Oh, well, that's not the refinement of ten, though.
1: Yeah. Now the <laughs> the weird thing with this is in Vampire, you had I mean, just to start with, you had seven different main clans in your Camarilla. Yeah. And I mean, in third edition and on, they also just included. All of the Sabbat clans, they threw in the uh, the like non-affiliated clans.
0: I don't know what any of that shit so is. So you ended
1: up getting 13 of them in there after
0: that. Yeah, none of that makes any sense to me. I still only read this one vampire book. I can name a few of those clans because I've spent enough time around other nerds, so I can like go uh, Setite, zamichi There you go. Good job, you did it. I did too. You did too. <laughs> yeah, and they... Botulism. Um... <laughs> yeah, good. Great. <laughs> dragonflies the fighting mongooses yes am i still on am i still on board jim bobs the mouseketeers taffy (laughs) pole
1: and (laughs) alropists. the uh so the book does mention these other groups in second edition but it doesn't give you The general, like, rundown of what they have and their powers and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Second edition is very focused on specifically the Camarilla, which is the good guy-ish group of vampires. They're the ones who are all about maintaining the masquerade. The masquerade is the rules that vampires live by so that mortals never find out that there are vampires for certain.
0: Right. It's absolutely essential that they keep up the ruse that they're just humans, because otherwise nothing will defend them from humans except for their immortality, superpowers, incredible wealth, uh, immortality again, ability to control the minds of mortals, uh, the fact that they've lived so long that they control everything. Oh, that they're bulletproof. Uh, they're let, not bulletproof. They're, they're highly bullet resistant. <laughs> yeah. Way more bullet resistant than I am, just as an example. True. Yeah. So, well, I, I mean, mean, if they didn't have the, the fact that humans didn't know that vampires would exist, then all they'd have is all these other crazy advantages. Well, yes, but then it would also be like 7 billion versus like a 1,000. Well, fair enough. I mean, grant, but that's only, so 7000000000 billion doesn't really matter in those situations. It's not like people from friggin' Peru are going to show up and be like, hey, I heard you have vampires, San Francisco. We're here to help. Well, no, they'd be like, oh, there's like, I don't know,
1: 20 vampires here in Peru, and we're going to kill all of them.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, even when you know there's a bunch of vampires around, it's not like you can go off and kill them. You have to know where they are. You have to want to deal with it. You have to schlep your way out there. Well, It's yeah, just but, I mean, a hassle, as soon, man. As
1: soon as you get the governments involved. And they're no, like, no. oh, we know that for certain they're vampires, and now we're going to make the Department of Anti-Vampire.
0: Man, we haven't appointed a Supreme Court justice in the better part of a year at this point, and you think we'd be able to put together some kind of subcommittee on vampire removal? Maybe, if they were Muslim as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's the Asimites, so yeah. All you gotta do is just bring out some Asimites, some followers of Set, and they're gonna be like, oh shit, we gotta
0: kill those vampires, but not... The, not not the Malkavians. There's the-
1: some vampires, I am sure, are good people.
0: <laughs> that's exactly what you're... That's the only way you'll get it done. And by the way, he's not going to win this election, so no, his his arguments don't count. <laughs> We're going to have open vampire borders.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: nasty vampire. <laughs> Got some bad ombre vampiros out there. <laughs> God
1: damn. Okay, so you get your, your seven clans in this, and so when you're making your character... You're going to have one of these seven that you're going to pick from.
0: Yes, let's run through those real quick.
1: So you've got your bruha, and those are your...
0: They've got you all in check. Bruha, bruha. I've got you all in check. Is that all? I always thought it was ball. Like he has your basketball and he's holding it. Yes,
1: I've got your ball in check. I thought it was.
0: I thought it was literally he was singing a song about how he's good at basketball. And then like, he has your ball right now. (laughs) <laughs> have you ever played pick-up basketball? You check the ball by giving it to the guy on the other team, and he has to give it back to you real quick. I've never understood what the point of it is, but you have to do that. That's great. You don't know, do you?
1: Uh, no, I do know, but oh, it's okay. great that you think that. I oh, that I think
0: that. it's ball in check? Yes. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> so the what Kind of like the 30 Thieves and the Thunder Chief thing. <laughs> uh, 30 so- Thieves and the Thunder Chief. Uh,
1: Go ahead. Okay. Excuse me while I kiss this guy. <laughs> the Bruja are the clan that are rebels. They are quick to anger, and in fact, every clan has a weakness, mm-hmm. and the Bruha weakness is it is harder for them to resist frenzy. Frenzy sort of is the mechanic in this that works like most other books, like have a curse or whatever that they have to keep in check. With this, instead of it being like, Oh, you fill up a bunch of boxes and then you can't do anything anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just, if something terrible happens, you roll to see if you frenzy or not. If you succeed, then you don't do anything. If you fail, then you freak out and just start murdering people.
0: Right. So normally, it, what you have to do, and what, what uh, Bruhar are not particularly good at, is keeping their thoughts in check. Indeed. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, by the way, after we do the clans, we should go through and explain how the game is played and what the stats are and stuff, because we didn't do that with Promethean and people are mad at us.
1: Whatever. No one cares.
0: <laughs> I do. I care. I don't care that people are mad at us. Well, I don't either, but I do want to cover the basics of putting dots in stats. Okay, So we'll fine. just get there after we get through all these stupid clans. Fine. So after the Bruja, you've got the Gangrel.
1: Gangrel, which are your more animalistic ones.
0: Right. They are primarily they were originally founded because their their sire or the first one of them or whatever, their progenitor as you, if you will, uh, was a gypsy, like a Roma, like one of the Romani people from Europe. So they have a lot of gypsies among them,
1: which is weird because in later editions the Ravnos is a clan that is literally just like Roma gypsies. Yeah, whatever. You
0: know what it is? It's White Wolf's got gypsy fever. Is the thing. I can't think of a single White Wolf game that doesn't eventually incorporate gypsies in some way.
1: That is true. They are all about being like, Oh, did you did you have a game with a setting there? Did you uh do you want to
0: throw some gypsies in there? I'm like, stop it, White Wolf. Make sure you put some gypsies in there. Stop let's, it. Let's get a sidebar in there about how they all steal stuff if you leave it sitting on the ground.
1: God damn it. Look,
0: I know you're from America and you don't realize how awful this is, but just stop it, White Wolf. I don't see what the problem is. I'm just incorporating things from my favorite Fleetwood Mac lyrics. <laughs> Uh, it's so weird living in America. You have, I mean, over in Britain where everything's horrible and, and it is awful and it's a terrible place. If you if you are talking to someone, you're like, man, you're an enlightened, interesting person. You are so liberal. I'm i I'm, I'm enjoying my conversation with you. I've never met someone more tolerant of other people. By the way, what do you think of the Roma? And then all of a sudden, they just turn into straight up space Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> just yelling about land use rights. It's just, it's the craziest thing. It, it's its pretty much uh, universal across Europe is that like 40% of the people there still just straight up hate gypsies. Yeah. And here in America, we're like, what? Really? Why? I, That's a thing? What is that like? It's not like hating like ninjas. Is, what are you, why? Why are you so angry at the brown Julia Roberts from the uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame movie? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> she really looks like Julia Roberts. Watch that movie again sometime. It's weird. <laughs> so weird. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, so the Gangrel are all of
1: those myths that you get for vampires that are like, oh, he turned into a bat, or a wolf, or mist, or whatever, because their main thing is...
0: The protean.
1: Yeah, they're they're all about, like, shape-shifting, and they're also the ones who are most on the fringes of society, so, like they might come into contact with werewolves
0: and stuff. The weirdest thing to me is that what, reading through the Gangrel, I didn't pick up a whole lot of connections to the Roma, and I didn't really feel the animal thing. It made it, To me, it made them most feel like Bram Stoker's Dracula. Out of all the vampires, they were the ones that feel like Draculas, because they can turn into animals, they can meld into the ground. like They, they have a stronger connection to Earth than other vampires. Mm-hmm. They, they straight up are the Draculas. And I'm like, well it's weird that that doesn't get mentioned at any point.
1: Well, the Dracula thing actually gets split between several clans.
0: Yeah, I guess. I mean, because there's another clan that's based on the most famous vampire, the, the second most famous vampire in history, or yeah. uh, the history of movies anyway. Indeed. I mean, nowadays, I'd guess the second most famous vampire is probably Spike or A- Angel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's Lestat.
0: Oh, yeah, Lestat. I don't know if that's still the case. Oh, it's the case. Wait, hang on. Isn't it Edward now? Oh, God, no, damn it, no. Uh, I hate it's, you it's probably Edward Cullen no cause that I mean no real vampire <laughs> no true vampire
1: <laughs> uh, no
0: true vampire turns into a sparkly hunk when he sees the sun uh, yep. they start as sparkly hunks damn it <laughs> and then they get a little cry in blood and they wear a big puffy silk pirate shirt like Seinfeld. <laughs> All right, so, so after the Gangrel... We have the,
1: uh, let's see, what do we get? Oh, whatever, got just saying Nosferatu. No- yeah, we got the Nosferatu. We'll get through them eventually. Yeah, so the Nosferatu are, like mentioned, ones named after famous vampire movie. And the reason for that is they are all, their weakness is they are all just completely ugly. They have an appearance score of zero, and yes. they cannot raise that.
0: So their name is inspired by the fact that the actor who played Nosferatu, Max Schreck... Was a super creepy looking motherfucker.
1: Yeah. So uh, most of the art for Nosferatu tend to go along that type of thing where it's like they're bald, they're kind of like weird, they have longer teeth, they're they got like crazy ears, ears hair eyes, got
0: gross hair all over the place, and usually they're bald except for where they wouldn't want to be.
1: Yeah, it's it's super weird. They're just
0: they're just gross, pustulant creepos.
1: The thing is. They never actually say that they all look like that. That's just what the art is. It's just you have to be in be appearance zero. So, I mean, there are, you can just say, oh, I'm an Osperatu, but, you know, I look super
0: weird and slimy. You, instead. Could, just, you could just look like Willem Dafoe and you'd be fine. Yeah, you know, yeah. Willem Dafoe. Yeah, I got them Defoeism. Man, you don't want to look no, like no Defoe. You don't want to encounter him in a sewer.
1: No, man. If you go down into the sewers and th- Willem Defoe's down there, you're like, ah. What if there's like
0: a bunch of Willem Defoes down there? <laughs> a
1: whole grip of them.
0: Hello. Hello. <laughs> Where Willem Defoes? Defoes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any powers. <laughs> oh, they have lots of powers. Because <laughs> Nosferatu are real good at all kinds of stuff. The funny thing is that Nosferatu are like one of the dumbest vampires in terms of their power set because their big thing is their ability to do away with their own weakness.
1: Yeah, I love that. So they get uh, they get potence, which is get big and strong. Mm-hmm. They get animalism, so they can talk to animals. Yeah. But then their Walk big one talk. is obfuscate, which is essentially ways to hide. Mm-hmm. So you can have things like people don't notice you if you don't draw attention to yourself, actually turning invisible, mm-hmm. or one of the best ones they get, which is Mask of a Thousand Faces, where you just... Straight up put an illusion on yourself and look like a regular person.
0: Yeah, that's that's like the sort of power you find in a Sonic the Hedgehog fan character wiki. Where you're like, <laughs> my character has the power to shoot a billion suns. He has a weakness that he always has to shoot evildoers with the power of a billion suns. That's his weakness. It's fair. No god mode, guys. Freaking those Ferrato. Come on, get your shit together. If you're ugly, live it. <laughs> <laughs> live it. It worked for Bobcat Goldthwaite. <laughs> it can work for you. <laughs> All right. After Nosferatu, I'm just going to pick one at random here. We're going to go to Toreadors. <laughs> I, I know that's not the right order. I don't care. We'll we'll get there. Yeah, that's fine. Toreadors are the artist vampires. Uh, they are very romantic. They are almost invariably very beautiful. Uh, they have a rose inspiration theme to them. And their big weakness is they
1: love beauty so much that when confronted with something beautiful, they have to make a willpower check or just... Sit there enraptured by it.
0: Yeah. And according to their art, they're cancer victims. uh, Yeah.
1: The art in this is so bad.
0: There's two kinds of art in this. There's someone who had an obsession with skinny, strung out David Bowie looking types. Yeah. And then there's someone who never learned that rule about every line you add to the face makes your person look a year older.
1: Oh, man, that guy is on the line forever Mm -hmm. and just keeps putting more
0: lines on people. Everyone just looks like a crosshatched old mummy. It's just like every single person in the book is either a a skinny, strung-out person with hydrocephalism or a gross, scrawled-out, cable 1990s X-Men cable-looking motherfucker. (laughs) Thighs like loaves of bread and a face that looks a thousand years old. Everyone looks like a super (laughs) cryptkeeper.
1: Ah, super (laughs) cryptkeeper. (laughs) <laughs> He's here to save the day.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, Toreador are kind of the uh, the artists the same way the Joker in Batman 89 is an artist. They appreciate art, but they're all evilly about it and so on. No, and they, they love art. They love art. They love beauty. They like, love, that's their thing. Yeah. They like to dance with the devil in the pale moonlight.
1: Uh, no, they are nothing like Joker.
0: <laughs> they are very much like Joker.
1: You are wrong. You are very wrong.
0: They are very much like Poison Ivy
1: yeah sure why not
0: there we go <laughs> that's all i wanted there's some kind of batman villain yeah, they got
1: a they got a rose theme sure why not
0: <laughs> they are very much like hush
1: <laughs> uh so then we have the uh the clan that probably your little brother or your player that doesn't know any better oh, is gonna want right. to play
0: that was the, the the next one in alphabetical order is
1: the malkavians
0: Ugh. Fuck you. Malkavians
1: are the, like, the monkey cheese, neutral, yeah. chaotic neutral, super wacky. All of them have, uh, because of what they've been cursed with, they're all crazy.
0: Yeah, they're too soon for Deadpool jokes, but they're just on time for fe- for Freakazoid jokes, if you want to get some of those in. The
1: Malkavians, man... You like, want to go get a mint? It's one of those things, like, Malkavians are supposed to be, like, crazed oracles and... They have, like, babblings of a madman, but within their ravings are truth, and, like, that's supposed to be the inspiration for it. Is it? But literally every single person who plays it, and every, like, NPC that they make, is just, oh, what did you do? Oh, I made a guy who's, like, runs around in ironic t-shirts and says, whoop-doop, and then hits people with a rubber chicken.
0: Yeah, it's... Why can't people write slightly crazy? What, what what happens when you try to write slightly crazy and instead you go straight up freakazoid?
1: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, their weakness is just they have a derangement, which is just you have some weird psychological
0: problem. Yeah, but you're, not everyone's insanity is I'm Deadpool. Yeah. That's the problem. Most people's insanity is like, you know, I, I have a real world insanity and it sucks and it, it's it's a real mental illness and, and it's a real problem for me.
1: Yeah, the I think the only... Malcavian really that has dealt with that in a game that I've seen is someone who's like, Oh no, he has uh sociopathy and that's it. And he was like, Oh, I I have a real hard time maintaining humanity because my derangement is I don't feel anything about people and I don't give a fuck.
0: Right. And even and that's a character you're gonna play boring. You're not gonna play that character as a wackity schmackity do
1: Yeah. That's that's why it was like, Oh, you're the only Malcavian I've seen that isn't like herp doo, I'm Daffy Duck.
0: Yeah. Uh and even the art in the book supports this immediately because of course the Malkavian is hanging upside down and grabbing himself by the head and wearing the I have a machine gun ho 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 sweater. Yep.
1: Then that that is why Set everyone th- who ever plays Malkavian is always just like, "Oh,
0: it's time for me to be a goofy guy." Yeah. Ugh. so yeah, that's them. Sure. After them, let's do go ahead and do the uh the Tremere. Tr- the, the Tremere. I know very little about the Tremere. They were the last one I read uh the tremere are wizard vampires there are there are legends floating around about them that they were never even bit by vampires in the first place they just figured out how to turn themselves into vampires with magic
1: yeah so there is i mean through this and the mage game it's basically like there was an entire like group of mages that then decided you know what fuck it let's become vampires and did so, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and they indeed lost... they did. <laughs> and indeed they did. But upon gaining their immortality and vampirism, they also lost the like magic that mages have. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're like, oh no, they don't have like mage the ascension magic. They have like weird blood magic.
0: Right. It would have been even cooler if there was one clan of vampires that said, you know what, guys, let's turn ourselves into wizards. <laughs> that was. <laughs> And then they just lost their vampirism and, p- and put on pointy hats. Yep, And then just ran around town <laughs>
1: casting magic missile.
0: The former vampires, they call themselves.
1: <laughs> so the Tremere, their big weakness is that uh, they have to be Basically bound to their elders.
0: Oh, that's right. They all have to drink the blood of their elders, so that they have a stronger loyalty tie to their own, and so it's harder for them to be disloyal to their elders.
1: Yeah, they're the whole thing with the Tremere is that they are a super rigid, controlling faction. So this entire clan is very much like, no, you're going to have what whoever your sire is is basically your supervisor. Mm-hmm. Like he is your boss, and if he tells you to do something, you go do it. Yeah. And it goes up the chain. It's basically like being in Vampire Corporation. Right. And
0: it, they're in Wolfram and Hart. And, and they, they are, are uh, in
1: Vampco, and it's terrible.
0: In another example of the artist apparently communicating with the uh, the author of the book entirely through smoke signals and frantic gestures, the uh, the descriptions of how to play a Tremere are, oh, these guys are almost all sexy dudes. Like almost all of them are like sexy magician dudes who look real good in a waistcoat, and then the art is fucking Wednesday Adams.
1: Yeah, the, the art is a little creepy girl pulling a rabbit out of a top hat. I was like, really? That's the image you're gonna go with with Wizard Vampire? Is a creepy girl magician?
0: She's got the black pigtails and the and the black smock with a little white pinafore on it. She is Wednesday Adams. <laughs> they were like, "Could you draw a picture of Wednesday Adams for us?" And they were like, "Oh, do you want one that looks kind of like she's from the movie?" Or the original, like, New Yorker cartoon one where she just looks like a couple of black lines. Uh, first one, please. First one. Make her look like Christina Ricci a little bit. Like, Christina Ricci before her boobs popped up. Could you give me one of those? Yeah, I can do that. Here it is. Oh, good. Because because these guys are all sexy magician dudes, and so it'd be great if we could get a child Christina Ricci. Yeah, great. Why? I, I, anyway, moving right along. You get the last one there. Oh, no. So,
1: our last one is Ventru.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: Ventru are sort of the the leaders, they're the most political, they're the blue bloods as they are known. Uh, usually the uh, if a Ventrue is going to turn someone into a vampire, it's someone that already has wealth and power and so on. So their members, their weakness, is that they have what's called a rarefied taste. So you just pick something, and that's the only thing you can feed on, or you have some weird exclusion. So it'll be like, okay, look, I can only feed on like women between the ages of 18 and 30. Like mm-hmm. and I can't feed on anyone else. If I'm starving and going to die, I literally cannot do it.
0: Just like the CW. You can only have women between the ages of 18 and 30. Hey, trenchant commentary.
1: Oh well, yeah, I mean that's why Callista Flockhart's off the show. <laughs>
0: Hey, Supergirl. I would have figured it's just because she doesn't want to go to Vancouver for any reason. But, <laughs> At all. Because they moved that show. Oh, yeah. That Supergirl had to relo- relocate to Vancouver, the whatever of Canada. <laughs> you, you need Seattle? Try Vancouver. L.A.? Try Vancouver. Coast City? Starling City?
1: Vancouver? Vancouver. <laughs> uh, So, yeah. the uh, So, the Ventru are usually the people you'll see in charge of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are sort of the Toreador and the Ventru, are that other part of Dracula, which is that. Like, very regal, uh, aristocratic thing where it also, they both have powers of persuasion. Mm-hmm. So the whole, like, look into my eyes and then they can control someone's mind. That is that, true. They that's have very much the Torridor Ventru.
0: Yeah, they have excellent persuasion. You know, like, as opposed to your Malkavian, wh- whose powers of perception, I believe, are as wet as a warthog's backside. <laughs> Good. Great. You know what? I
1: didn't see that one coming. I was not prepared. <laughs>
0: You should have been prepared. (laughs) (sighs) Sigh. Okay. So those are your
1: clans. That's what you'll be. Now, I suppose we can go over what's on your sheet. Oh, thanks. (sighs) Yeah. you're welcome
0: all right here's a character sheet so let's go down the list here again this is this is a game like most white wolf games that uses dots in stats and an average human will have two dots in each one of those stats yeah a three would be
1: you know slightly above average Mm -hmm. and it goes up to five which would be like peak human yes
0: and it can go far above five if you want it's just that humans can go as high as five so uh there are three categories of these they are physical social and mental and, uh, it, again, I'm sure you all know this already. We'll just go through this nice and quick. The physical stats are Strength, Dexterity, and Stamina, because this is still second edition, or they hadn't ditched... Uh, no, this some, isn't Promethean, which is, yeah, like, late-stage Composure. Stage yeah, this is still core. So, Strength, Dex, Stamina, Social is Charisma, Manipulation, Appearance. Yeah, ma- we still have an appearance We sad. still got an appearance, we don't have Composure yet, and we also still have Perception, Intelligence, and Wits. I forget what they put we into... didn't get the- Resolve in there yeah, instead. that's right, Resolve. Okay, so those are your stats. Uh, You get a number of points to put in those. I think you get a total of, like, 17 or something to start. Uh, You get a total of 15, but you pick one for seven, one One for for five, and one for three. One for three, thank you. And they all have one dot in them to start. Yeah. You can't have a zero in any of these unless you are a Nosferatu, which can have a zero in appearance. Which, by the way, hilariously, this book has a little sheet on the page for every one of of the core vampire clans to give you an idea of what a starting one of those vampires should look like. And the starting Nosferatu has an appearance of one.
1: Yeah, they just straight up were like, look, we already made our base sheet, and it has a one in all the stats, so, nah, fuck it. yeah, We can't, can't be bothered.
0: Pretend you have a zero. <laughs> so, uh, all right, and then you have your skills. Now, this game actually splits skills into three types of skills. It's a little nebulous when you're making your character, but the idea is that uh, talents are actual trained skills that your character has. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. I believe talents are the ones that anyone can do- could be able to do. The idea is that talents are something that anyone has. Everyone's got talents. Like, anyone can kind of act or is kind of alert or can kind of defend themselves in a fight. Uh, Skills are things that you actually need to be trained in or have a natural aptitude for. And knowledges, of course, are things that you know. Yeah. Uh, And you get a number of points to put in each one of those as well. And they also range from 1 to 5. Mm-hmm. Then you get to your disciplines. And disciplines are your super magic powers. Right. And, oh, you know what? Before we get to that, let's talk about the talents real quick in this game. You get, I think, a total of eighteen points to put around in them. Uh, No, it's it's more than that. It's like twenty five or something. Uh, And the way they work, and the way the whole game works, because I've already gone over abilities and attributes, is whenever you are called upon to accomplish something, you take a look at the relevant attribute and the relevant ability. You roll that many d sixes. Tens. D tens. Why did I say sixes? I know. I have so many white wolf d tens. And, John, what's the difficulty mechanic in this system? So the way that the uh,
1: successes will work in this is you have a target number that you are trying to hit, and the target number is how difficult it is. Mm -hmm. So it's not based on, oh, you need a number of successes in order to hit a uh, certain threshold. It's, all right, this is an easy task. You need to roll anything that's a three or above, Mm -hmm. because you should be able to very easily do it.
0: So let's say I very easily wanted to convince a guy to sell me some Slayer tickets.
1: Yeah, if this guy comes up to you and he's like, hey, man, I want to sell some Slayer tickets, and you're like, you should sell me those Slayer tickets.
0: Super easy. Super easy. So we're going to set the difficulty at three. But my job is to talk him into selling me Slayer tickets, which he wants to do. So I'm probably going to have to roll my, what, manipulation or charisma probably, one of those. And then I'll need to add in my... Which one are we going to go with here? Empathy? Uh, streetwise? Streetwise, sure. Is he scalping tickets? Yeah, scalping them tickets. So uh, so I roll. I add those total numbers of dice up. So let's say I have a two in streetwise and a three in, in uh, manipulation. I end up with five dice, and I need to at least one three to appear on any of those dice.
1: Yeah. Now, any success at all means you do it. Now, there are degrees of success, mm-hmm. so, you know, if you only get one success, it's sort of marginal, and if you get up to, like, five, then it's a, an amazing success.
0: Yeah, he sells me the Slayer tickets, and then he blows me in an alley. Yeah, obviously. That's, that's what always happens. That's
1: <laughs> it. always happens.
0: I'm always getting blown by Slayer scalpers. <laughs> by the way, that is a great name for a werewolf clan. The Slayer scalpers? Hell yeah. God. Those guys are badass. <laughs> they're, so- they're werewolves, and they have a mullet in wolf form.
1: So the base difficulty for most things is six. That's the standard difficulty, so a six or greater. Mm-hmm. Now, the that's one lower than it is for, like, if you're familiar with later editions sort of White Wolf stuff like Exalted when they just said baseline is seven. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is this includes a thing called the rule of one. Mm-hmm. And the rule of one is any ones you roll during this uh, roll to succeed at something subtracts a success. So even if I roll and I'm like, sweet, I got three successes. If I happen to roll three ones, I got no successes. I got nothing. Right. And if you roll more ones than you did successes, you botch and something bad happens.
0: Yep. So uh, that will allow you to use your abilities and hit people and dodge stuff and so on. It's the base mechanic of the game. It's fairly simple. Uh, the, The abilities include things like, you know, basic acting, Uh, intimidation, subterfuge, streetwise. Uh, One of the more interesting ones, because this game has a lot of characters who can communicate with animals, is Animal Ken. Yeah, which is
1: really just sort of like... I think they changed it to Animal Empathy at some point, but it's it's mostly just, can you be around an animal and be like, hey, quiet now, girl, come on.
0: Because normally, animals hate vampires, except for the few animals that don't, right? Yeah, except for the few
1: vampires that are trucks, and then dogs...
0: Love trucks. <laughs> zoom, so so. So normally you could use this power to communicate with, like, uh, you know, sort of calm down a uh, brain zombie, like donkey or something like that. A brain zombie. <laughs> brain zombies. No, you know what I mean. A brain donkey, like a donkey that's all, ha
1: ha brains
0: <laughs> brains. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Is this an episode of Zombie Donkey Talk? <laughs> gonna zombie
1: donkey. Brain. Bring.
0: Hello and welcome to Zombie Donkey Talk, the only... It's the spooktacular
1: special edition of Donkey Talk where we talk about zombie donkeys.
0: <laughs> oh man, I was at Abercrombie and Fitch the other day and I ran into an Abercrombie zombie donkey. <laughs> and that was, that was a terrifying experience. Oh man, and he was he was all wonky. <laughs> yeah, he was a wonky Abercrombie zombie donkey. Yeah. <laughs> and then he had the same name as that genie from, uh, from Pee Wee's Playhouse. So, uh, so... <laughs> remind me again what that was. I think it was. Uh, a was... Uh, zombie? Thank you. That's right. He was zombie, the Abercrombie zombie donkey.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, and he had this weird tick where he kept winking. He was a w- w- winky zombie, wonky zombie Abercrombie donkey.
0: Also, he was white. <laughs> he was a winky, wonky honky Abercrombie zombie donkey.
1: Uh i think i think i'm done I, i've run out of steam on this one you got me
0: oh we didn't even we didn't even get to calling him a monkey yet why would he be a monkey he's a donkey i know that donkey monkeys aren't donkeys quit messing with my head how dare you sir
1: and on this the most high of holy holidays zombie donkey talk
0: zombie donkey donkey talk day all right i think we're done We're done here. Thank you so much for listening to Zombie Donkey Talk. We'll see you whenever we do that again.
1: Brains. (laughs) Zombie. Brains. Brains. So, (laughs) welcome back. (laughs) Hey there. The the disciplines in this. So the disciplines are your superpowers. Mm Mm-hmm. And every clan has three that they are good at. And then they can buy others for more
0: points, basically.
1: Yeah. So when you start, uh, you get three points to put into them. And uh, unlike, say, a lot of other powers that you'd see in White Wolf games, the dots don't necessarily represent you're just better with one power, which they do have. So, like, potency is super strength. Mm Mm-hmm. And the more dots you have in it, you get just auto-successes to strength actions, which includes damage. And uh, you get the ability to like lift and throw things that are way heavier. So you just get vampire super strength. And that's potency, and each dot is just more potent potency.
0: Yeah, some of them represent a, a different thing, which is that each dot you add in is another kind of discrete power that you have. Yeah, so, so, for like example, in, potence. Yeah, no. no potence sorry, is what no, I was sorry. just saying. What, what presence. Was, presence, thank you.
1: Yeah, presence you start out, like, dot one is the power of awe. So you You're can, so cute. Aww. <laughs> and it gives you an aura of people, like, around you just look at you and go, like, oh, man, that person is, and you just pick something. So you're like, oh, they're, like, entrancing, or they're so frightening, or they're whatever. They've got a lot of moxie. Yeah,
0: whatever you want. Yeah. So you just... That guy's going places. He's you, got
1: pizzazz. You draw attention from people around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then if you go to the second one, it's like dread gays. And at that point, it's it's just... <laughs> it's this Reagan's ac- America is what it <laughs> yeah. is. You
0: got them dread gays. You're oh. just
1: walking up to people and giving
0: them AIDS. and Going around, giving everyone AIDS and scaring my Nancy.
1: <laughs> uh, having those beautiful, luscious lips. <laughs>
0: Dread gaze, <laughs> butts that just won't kit- quit. Stupid, sexy gaze. <laughs>
1: so, with that, it's a discreet power that is just: if you make eye contact with someone, you can just freak them out, make them run away, or make them cower before you, or whatever.
0: Make them listen to Gloria Estefan music. Oh
1: God, why would you do that? I figured you need dominate for
0: that. <laughs> no, I'm keeping with the dread gaze theme. That's what oh, it is. Oh, oh. I know you can control yourself now any longer. No. Bam. No. dun dun <laughs> dun Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. I hate you so much. Dun-dun. I'm sorry.
1: Go ahead. So there are other powers as well. Uh, most of them will, like I said, represent sort of discrete things you can do, like obfuscate is, like, at level one, it's just if you stand still, no one can see you. You blend into the background. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the third dot is that mask of a thousand faces. And you get one that's called Vanish from the Mind's Eye, which lets you not only disappear, but straight-up remove the memory that you were even there. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, that's awesome. But there's one power in this game that I need to bring up, because it breaks everything. Ah, we're going to talk about celerity. Celerity is because they have one power for each of the physicals. So you have Potence for strength mm-hmm. and you have fortitude for stamina, yep. and then celerity for dex. Now for strength, you were you could be super strong and you could get some auto successes on your strength rolls. Yes. For fortitude, you have a uh, way better soak when you go to take damage and you can even try and soak aggravated damage that normally you cannot do anything about.
0: You can go stand in the sun for a little while if you want. Yeah, I mean, you shouldn't, but you could and you, survive. Yeah, by the way, uh, real quick here.
1: Oh, no, let's finish Celerity. So, Celerity just gives you extra actions.
0: Yeah, it's stupid.
1: Normally, you would have one combat action, and if you wanted to do multiple things, you would flurry, and then you take die penalties to whatever you were doing. Yeah. So, I'd be like, oh, I'm doing three things, so... I have three dice off of my first action, then four off the second one, and then five off the third one. Yeah. So it's super punishing if you want to do extra actions. Yes. Celerity just gives you a full extra die pool action. So not only can you do, like, just on a baseline with one dot and celerity, two full dice actions without splitting, Mm -hmm. you could also have just split two ways
0: for each action yeah, you and have can, four actions. You can double flurry. So you can take four actions and the second action at minus one and minus two. Or no, it's minus two and minus three, refle- re- respectively.
1: Yeah. Now, that's only with one dot. As soon as you get to the point where you're like, I've got four dots in celerity. I have five discrete actions every combat round. Go fuck yourself.
0: Yeah, it's, it's stupid. It's very poorly thought out it broke the game wide open in the early years of vampire and they had to basically well, there were a lot of celerity house rules in the in the bad old days of the early 90s. Oh yeah,
1: cuz as soon as someone saw that and went, "Oh shit, this
0: actually breaks the rules of the game. This is amazing." Yeah. It, just imagine the days of the larp when people were like, "Yeah, my character has celerity 4, so I get to take 4 rock paper scissor actions every time you take one." <laughs>
1: uh, uh. That, or I'll just describe how I'm way faster than you and better, and I steal your girlfriend, and we make out so hard.
0: <laughs> LARPing.
1: So, the, uh, that's your powers. You get a bunch of weird ones. There's the protean, like we mentioned, which is your animal shapes, and then like the ultimate five-dot thing is turn to mist. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, you start getting those powers from Alucard from your, your Castlevanias. Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, you get the... In this edition, the Malkavians get dominate mm-hmm. because in later editions they got what's called demon taint, where they would make people go insane instead of like controlling their mind. They would just
0: make them go crazy, like they were. Man, I got a case of that demon taint the other day. Oh, demon taint, it was real hot! And I was just sitting there working on show stuff for way too long, and before you know it, I had that that slimy Golgothan demon taint.
1: Yeah, you know when you're sitting on a leather chair and it's like
0: eighty degrees out and. The sun's beating right onto you. You ain't got no pants on for some reason. Next thing you know, your beanbag's stuck to it like someone putting silly putty on the comics. You got to go
1: scream to your girlfriend in the kitchen to get you a spatula just so you can sit up.
0: Grease the spatula for me, baby. (laughs) I got that demon taint. I got that demon taint. My beanbag ain't going where I am. (laughs) We are of two minds about whether or not I should stand up. Uh, It even looks like a little mind. (laughs) I think this is the most times we've ever said beanbag on the show. (laughs) I should stop watching jackass movies. <laughs> uh, that's probably true. <laughs> I mean, there's only the three. How long could I do this? Uh. Well, I guess I can watch the bad grandpa movies. I'm not gonna. That was always my least favorite. No, that's not true. At least, even with the bad grandpa parts, you still got to have some, Some uh, what's his face, the main guy, some Knoxville. At least it wasn't fucking talking out of the side of his mouth like a stroke victim, Bam Bargera, may he rot in hell. Oh, Bam. He's the worst. He just endlessly sort of messes with his completely in on it dumbass parents. Yep. And just t- talks like this, man. I'm on the influence of alcoholic, don't like snakes, and I dress like fucking that Jesse kid who was like the MTV VJ for like a day. <laughs> huh. Jesse Camp, that was it. Bam Marguerite, why am I not just a professional skateboarder that you could hate? <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> he was the worst jackass,
1: the worst of the jackasses.
0: Best of the jackasses? John, your pick. Uh it's Knoxville. Knoxville is the best of the jackasses. I'm going to go with Chris Pontius. That's fine. You can do that. And that's a good pick. Yeah, Chris Pontius and and Knoxville. Best yeah. of the jackasses. Indeed. Yeah, worst of the jackasses? Uh it's Margara. Yeah, it's Margera. It's always Margara. I mean, you, you could probably say like Wee Man is just incredibly dimwitted, but you know what? Yeah, well, he's he doesn't really do much shit. Yeah. Aaron McGahey and, and Jeff, whatever, Danger Aaron and so on. Boring side characters. You never remember who they yeah, are. I
1: mean, Steve-O's around, but he's mostly just there to get in on the
0: jackassery. Steve-O's a visual joke. Yes. Every time he walks in, you see that tattoo of him on his own back. Yeah. And you're like, oh, <laughs> oh, look at you. <laughs> that's awesome. But Pontius is a straight up amazing comedian in his own right. <laughs> he's he just, he is perfect. He, he pops in at the right time with the line. Yeah. So there you go. So Knoxville and and Pontius, best of the jackasses. This this has been the report on who. This has been an episode of Jackass Talk.
1: Oh, man. That would have been real clever if
0: we had meant to do that to start with. I'm still playing bumper music. Don't worry about it. (laughs)
1: so the uh so vampire
0: oh right vampire
1: uh man so in addition to all of that you also for your character you have virtues which is a thing that they still have in a bunch of different games uh but these were very specific to what you were so you had a conscience a self-control and something else what was the third one Conscience, Uh, self-control, and courage. That's right.
0: What's wrong there, uh, (laughs) cowardly lion? You can't remember your courage? Yeah,
1: that's true. (laughs) Ah, if I only had the (laughs) noiv.
0: Oh, I'd give him a punch, I would. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Goodbye, the king of the (laughs) forest.
0: Yeah, so you have the virtues. Not prince. (laughs) Not duke. (laughs) Not archon. (laughs) Man, I haven't seen that movie in forever. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so those are the virtues. The virtues are basically your character's sort of convictions in a couple of key areas. Yeah, and
1: you'll have to roll those for certain things.
0: Yeah, they also... Set up a couple of your substats and those are your humanity
1: which is your con- your self-control and your
0: uh, uh, f- and your, your will- com- willpower uh,
1: no it's your self- control and your oh I'm sorry uh, it's your
0: self-control plus your your uh, confidence confidence that's what yeah I'm yeah, gonna, yeah, God yeah the, damn. the two those two dot blocks together man it's just a lot of words it's so many words it's, that's the thing with reading white wolf is that everything's got a silly name yes everything I, has its
1: own name which is man growing up having read Uh, Vampire, and to a lesser extent, some of the other White Wolf games. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh yeah, no, I don't think it's weird that all of these words are in here. Sure, I can go ahead and talk about Coderays all the time. That makes sense for that to be what it's
0: called. Coderay, or throng, or pack. See, but as soon as it got to Prometheans, and we were
1: reading that, and it was all the stupid words that they had for that, it was like coming back and rewatching something you had watched as a kid and realizing it was just dumb bullshit. Oh, like that time we tried to watch
0: an episode of Mummies Alive.
1: Yeah, it was. It was like that time where I watched Goonies with uh, Russ, who had not seen it before, and he was like, "This is dumb. This is just Scooby Doo, but
0: it sucks more." <laughs> That's and not I true. was like, "Oh, fuck you! You're ruining this for me." That's not Goonies. Goonies is an exercise in restraint on the part of some director. Eh, I don't remember. I mean, Goonies isn't great, but it's good enough. <laughs> Yeah, the Goonies are good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I watched uh. it with some girls, and you know what? They just wanted to have fun, and so they did. <laughs> By watching Goonies. <laughs> now, the thing with Goonies is that it's an exercise in director restraint. Could you imagine the work it took to get, like, eight kids to talk the way you wanted to at the same time? <laughs> imagine how many times it took to get one take of one of the scenes of all the kids just jabbering at each other at the same time. Yeah. Uh, that, that movie is ins- It's like a R- Robert Altman movie if Altman was willing to work with nine-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> uh, so okay, moving back to it, uh, the two stats that are informed by you—those one of them we already talked about—that was your humanity. The other one is your willpower, which is your character's sort of just strength of straight-up moral fortitude.
1: Yeah, you have you can spend points of willpower to ignore certain things like. Uh, wound penalties cuz you have a health track and the more damaged you get the fewer or, dice you get yeah or mental controls
0: over your like someone yeah, so trying so to get up on your to mental dominate mind you, they yeah.
1: use dominate on you and they're like you must do what i say you can spend a point of willpower and be like no get fucked
0: so uh let's see what else is left backgrounds yeah uh, you get your backgrounds
1: and this is all of your uh, the stuff that your character has in the world, so
0: it's going to be allies,
1: contacts, a how much lot of resources. Them are just in this
0: book, I was surprised by how many of them are just sorts of people. You got contacts, mentors, allies, uh, herd retainers, retainers. Like all of them are just dudes that you have in various degrees.
1: Yeah, it's dudes. So allies are just dudes that are actually powerful and will help you, and are sort of on the level with you. So they're almost like little PCs. Mm-hmm. You get contacts, which are just guys you know that have useful information. You have herd, which is people that are fine with you feeding off of them, so you don't have to go hunt anyone. Mm-hmm. You've got retainers, which is just... I've got like a butler and some other people to do work for me.
0: You've got mentor, which is a person who teaches you things. Yeah. I think and- you... Can you also spend dots in sire? I don't remember. Uh, no. no okay, you can't. Because you, you, sire, of course, for vampire terminology... Vampire is the a sire is the person who made you. Yes. The vampire who made you. By the way, while we're talking about vampire terminology, this book does open up with one of my favorite things in vampire genre literature, the long section on on which things about vampires are true and which are just bullshit myths. Yep. I know that that is your favorite thing. I can't get enough of those. It's the best part of every vampire movie. It's the best part of every vampire work of literature is the one guy looking at you with a straight face and being like, all that shit you've ever heard about vampires is bullshit. The real things about vampires are uh, items 1, 7, and 14. But items 2, 9, and 61 are total bullshit made up by idiots. (laughs) Of course vampires can cross running water, you fucking stupid dipshit. However, vampires do blow up if you touch them with garlic. That's true. Vampires are scared of the sun, but they love crosses. By the way, the fuck is that? It's every vampire book. It's always like, oh no, I'm actually quite fond of crosses. Really? Because it's just two fucking sticks. It's not that interesting. <laughs> Lestat. Get your shit together. Uh, yeah. It's got that in there. It also has four goddamn glossaries before you get to the rules.
1: Now, of course, there is the uh, a drawback that you can get in later editions where crosses actually do affect you. <laughs> So that's fun.
0: <laughs> is it grew up Catholic? Is that, is that the drawback? There's uh true faith. Oh, okay. And so it is that then. <laughs> all right.
1: Well, and the thing is, it's if you're confronted with any holy symbol, Whoa. so you can just have like straight up some guy come up to you with any holy symbol and be shouldn't like, shouldn't be th- Get your out of here. Shouldn't be your
0: holy symbol if it's called true faith.
1: Nope, because you assume that like any sort of religious person can like condemn you or whatever.
0: That's dumb. But all it's right, real sure. dumb. I'm glad it's not in this edition. Nope. Anyway, like I was saying, this book has four glossaries before we get to the rules. Yeah. Because it has to tell you how modern vampires talk, which is stupid, how ancient vampires talk, which is slightly more stupid, because, oh my god, I really want to talk about the first couple chapters in tone. This book has more these, thys, and thous than, like, when Gao talks in Final Fantasy VI.
1: The rules for the Camarilla and the Masquerade specifically are like, if thee have thine sire, then thou art responsible for thy progeny, and... Thy sins shall be thine own until
0: he thy thou that ain't thy. <laughs> Hie thee upon the morrow. <laughs> Prithee, whilst thou tarry. It's just that nonsense. And you know what? If anyone has lived long enough to know that all that is stupid bullshit that was me- uh, mistakes made by people in the late 1800s, it would be vampires. <laughs> vampires should know better. Except this was written by people. It is... It is written
1: by man. It's like the Bible. It's <laughs> written by man, but it's still the word of God.
0: High thee upon the nunnery, lest a fortnight ye pass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's all that. It's all, uh, the, uh, the whole first cha- couple chapters are written by... I, I didn't catch who it was specifically, because I think he signed it in initials. But it was some Germanic vampire who populated his language with a bunch of faux Latin. He was always like, yes, I find that I get hungry upon the night. Quo vadis Satanus. Oh, good. Thanks for saying that. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I'm glad I have that in there. That's what we were talking about at the very beginning. We were saying that this book has a completely different tone to it from books that came before. It even starts off right away by by discussing the concept of goth punk. Yeah.
1: Uh, It really wants to have this uh, style to it. It's very stylized Mm -hmm. Uh, rather than just presenting you with rules or a world. It really wants to present you with the tone.
0: Yeah, it's, I feel like it, I and mean, it's not 100% the first book that's this, because, I mean, but it, it feels to me like one of the very first role-playing games that you would sit down and read with no intention of playing it. <laughs> now, now, I've come to that point in in my life where I'm that way with every role-playing game, where I sit down and read these old pieces of shit, because I'm like, ah, a 1981 uh, TSR, a fine vintage indeed, I shall snifter of it. <laughs> but I think back when people were writing them, they are like, no, this is a game, you play this. But vampire was like, no, you can sit down and read this. You could just read this book for a good time. We're gonna put so much fiction in here, and we're gonna have crappy comic book art. It's just gonna be a good time if you just sit down and read this thing cover to cover.
1: Yeah, and so much uh, about like this world and how the people in it are doing things and so on. Now, uh, oh, there's one thing we didn't mention that sure, I want sure. to, I yeah, want to yeah. get onto.
0: Yeah, we got tons of time. Go ahead. Sure, uh, Golconda.
1: Ah, Golconda. So Golconda is a uh a thing in this book that was really weird to me coming from a third edition and later vampire reading mm-hmm. because Golconda in those is sort of like the vampire nirvana. Oh, I would have I mean, figured it super was super grungy. That snake thing and, Lopez. You know, you get uh, a bunch of Seattle idiots together
0: and <laughs> Yeah, yeah, in fourth edition I think it was just called Mud Honey. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, back in Werewolf, it was called Silver Chair, which is sort of unfortunate.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Remember what it was called Soundgarden in Orpheus? (laughs) Grunge bands, everybody. Hey, everybody. Peaked at Mudhoney. We shouldn't have kept going. So so Golconda
1: is this, uh, you reach ascension over your beastly nature. Yes. Because when you become a vampire, you're always fighting against the beast inside you. Right. And reaching Golconda is like, okay, I've tamed that, you know, I still kind of need blood, but I don't really need it as much. Uh, I can sort of deal with all of the weird weaknesses, like they freak out if they see fire, do vampires, but if you reach Golconda, you kind of don't care anymore.
0: Right. Now, personally, I have never achieved Golconda, because every couple of minutes, I have to say, oh, my stars and garters. (laughs) What? Because the beast is strong in me. Oh,
1: God. (laughs) God. (laughs) <laughs> I hate that you had to explain that to me. You should have gotten that. I should have, but I didn't. I was like, what is What is the... What? <laughs> Stars and Garters with Golconda? That doesn't make any sense. It does when you put
0: all the pieces together.
1: The pieces, look at the big picture!
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, the Golconda.
1: Circles within circles. So, <laughs> in later books, it was always like, oh, this is a myth. Like, maybe someone maybe has achieved this, but if they have, they've fucked off and reached enlightenment and they don't talk to anyone anymore. Right. Whereas in this book it's like, oh, here are the steps you can do and here's mechanically what happens to yeah, you. Yeah,
0: And right, in the ba- right off the uh, bat, the, that Germanic vampire explaining the rules of how vampires live starts by saying, I myself have only met six vampires who have, chi- who have achieved Golconda. Great. Also, he starts off by telling you about uh, how vampires have no interest in sex or, <laughs> or fashion or food or impressing people. Or anything like that. He's like, it is only the hunger. Nothing else matters at any time but the hunger. We take no pleasure from the cold uh, me- mechanist natures of sex. The, the uh, pleasure- all the pleasures of the flesh are no more. It- <laughs> which which is belied by like every single other vampire book.
1: <laughs> which is just immediately like, oh no, we have an entire clan that is about that. Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs>
0: we have the jeweled
1: Cockgoblin clan. Ah, good. Jeweled cock goblin clan. Thank you. (laughs) Why why not? Why not? Indeed. I'm sure that's in some splat. It's it's a
0: real thing. It's in that book of vampire erotic fiction that White Wolf put out at the one time. Right to the point where there's art. Oh boy! <laughs> of course he's a Nosferatu. He's not actually of the jeweled cock goblin clan. I don't think that's a real thing. <laughs> I don't think my my devotion to White Wolf fringes means I've read more erotic fan fiction, or not? Sorry, erotic official fiction. Yeah, this not fan fiction. Yeah, this is them putting out books. Erotic official fiction. than I have actual vampire rule books. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, well, whatever. I like my weird fringe view on this because this book was well it actually wasn't boring. It was actually quite fun to read.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. fine.
0: Yeah, I mean this guy's like, I have met six vampires who have achieved Golconda. No vampire likes sex. Great. Well, thank you, y- sir. Was well, he like a goddamn lying Amish vampire? Is that what we're encountering here? Because every vampire you ever meet from this point forward's like, oh man, if I don't get my hump on like five times a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: dude, I'm so angry that I have not gotten my hump on.
0: <laughs> dude, my fangs is long and my bone is dry. <laughs> That is the story of every vampire you ever meet, except their bones aren't dry. <laughs> their bones are very wet, recently wet with blood with, with blood and stuff, <laughs> stuff and things, stuff and bits, stuff and fluff, every one of them is having <laughs> carrying on a torrid affair with Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh yeah. Each and every gangrel using their power of shape shifting to look like Winnie the Pooh. Oh bother. I seem to have
0: gotten my head stuck in a honey pot again, Piglet.
1: <laughs> I hope no one comes by and takes advantage of me. Oh
0: that's not a honeypot, Pooh. <laughs> that's just a butt. <laughs> just a butt. Just a butt. Oh, we're being gross. <laughs> Alright, let's get to the finish line of this thing. John, what would you say is your favorite thing about Vampire the Masquerade?
1: Uh, in second edition, probably my favorite thing in here is going to be... I I like the, uh, the varied clans, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's more than you'd normally get. There's hints at other ones. Uh, the second edition spread of what you can be is nice. They have a lot of like, here's a suggestion of what you should probably make is, like, your main stats or your main knowledges or whatever. But you don't have to do that. So if you just want to be, like, a super erudite brouhaha, you can do that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the same way that if you want to be, like, a Toreador that's all about fucking dudes up, you can do that, too. Can you be a Toreador that
0: hates art, just hates it to hell?
1: Oh, yeah, you can hate art. You just hate fuck art. Oh, it's- fucking art oh oh art oh <laughs> oh winnie the pooh
0: <laughs> damn it oh you got that in your head now <laughs> huh? it's, oh,
1: what day is it piglet it's the day when we get fucked <laughs> my favorite day <laughs> i'm oh. sorry everyone everyone listening i'd
0: like to apologize for that bit the wonderful thing about tiggers is tiggers are wonderful bottoms <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh <laughs> they're bouncy, trouncy, bouncy, bouncy. Fun, 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 fun. fun, fun, fun. <laughs> God damn it. I hate you so much. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think the the varied things in the clans are super cool. It gives you a lot of different ideas of where to go or what to play off of. Uh, I think more than a lot of other White Wolf games, it gave you a lot more to play with. Yeah. No, it definitely... And the d- fact that your powers, like, you've got a few that you can do, but even at the start, you can get powers from other people. Like, you don't need to just have that. It's it's neat. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd say the clans. The clans are my favorite thing in here. They've got good flavor to them.
0: I liked them a lot as well.
1: All right, so your favorite thing in here.
0: I'm going to have to go back on a standard complaint I have about White Wolf right here in the core book, of the, the core concept book of White Wolf. I, I know nowadays the core book is The World of Darkness, but whatever. Back the, Back in these days, vampire was the key. And that is that this book includes those stupid sidebars where every vampire... Your favorite thing? Yeah, because in this book they like each other. Oh, yeah, that's right. Every book has those stupid sidebars where every w- one of the things in the book gives you their stupid, snarky little opinion about every other one of the clans or whatever it is in the book. So every time you're reading Werewolf, you'll be like, all right, what do the red talons think about the glasswalkers? Stupid city dwellers. Their city dwelling will be their undoing when we red talon them with our rending red talons. <laughs> Every time. It's always some snarky shit about how they'll fuck them up or how they'll kill themselves. Not this book. This book has shit like what the uh, the Ventru think of the Toreador. Solid Camarilla chaps. Good people. Yeah, no, actually, the Ventru is the
1: one that, like, down the line is all like, yeah, good job. Like, the worst he says is, I don't know if I trust them
0: a whole lot, but they seem to be very loyal. The Malkavians is the only one the Ventrue were like, ah, these guys are a little unpredictable, but I can still work with them. Yeah, like, the only
1: clan that is... Particularly bad is like Nosferatu is terrible about everyone
0: except for like the gangrel. And the Bruja are kind of aggressive. So they're the, the Bruja are almost they read like the template for every other uh, sidebar you're ever going to see in the rest of every White Wolf book because they're all like, I could beat these guys up. Oh, these guys, they don't know what life is. I do. My philosophy is better than their philosophy. Yeah, that's the Bruja sets the tone. But for most of these sidebars, it was actually useful information. Because for decades afterwards, it's been pointless bullshit. It's just, it's just dick waving. It's just a little <laughs> box, a little box of dick waving on every page. Every every uh, White Wolf book comes with two scoops of dick waving. How <laughs> they get so much dick measuring in here? Oh man, that's that's like a big kelp of dick waving. <laughs> so, so yeah, this book actually did that right for the first and apparently only time. Yeah. So there no, you go. I,
1: I did like that.
0: I like that. And that's that's going to be my favorite thing, because normally it's my least favorite thing about every single White Wolf book. Yeah. So it was neat to see it nice. Hmm. John, what was your least favorite thing about white, about Vampire the Masquerade? The worst
1: thing in this book, and I'm so glad that it was gotten rid of, is the rule of one. The rule of one is the most bullshit thing ever. Having to roll your dice and then go, oh, sweet, I did a thing oh wait, no I didn't, is terrible. Well,
0: I I think also it boils down to the, the longer you have to stare at your dice, the more your game's getting bogged down. Like, that's one of the complaints you hear about the new Exalted, where it's like, uh, once you get really good at craft, you're like, all right, I roll 10 dice, I pick up all the dice that are twos or threes, and I re-roll those dice. All the dice that are nines, I check, I I count those as double, all the dice that are fours, I count as successes, even though they're not. Uh, The ones I remove, and then I add them as successes instead, unless I roll a five or higher, and it's like, okay, every craft roll takes like 20 minutes. now I'm
1: going to look for straights, I'm going to look for... Flushes? uh, (laughs) Yeah, look, I I need to find if I've got a full house on here, because if I do, I get two extra points.
0: Yeah. So anytime the game forces you to spend a ton of time just endlessly looking at your dice, uh, it's, it's a bad thing. So yeah, definitely the rule yeah. of one requires you to do more counting. And it's
1: a rule that bogs you down, and it makes the game less fun. It's not like, at least with the exalted rules, it bogs it down, but you're mostly just getting an advantage out of it most of the time. So it's like, oh, I get to re-roll these things that were failures, or I get extra successes. That's at least fun. With this, it's Oh, my role took longer, and I failed
0: instead of succeeding. Yeah. Great. But you, but you just wait until, like, 2036 or whatever when they finally put the sidereal book out. I guarantee you it'll be full of ways to fuck people's dice, dice pools. Darren, goddamn that, to that's you. That's all it'll be. Just dumb martial arts that don't make any sense and ways to mess with other people's die pools. <laughs> fuck sidereals. Bring me back alchemicals now, damn it. Also, no stupid new Exalted. Who gives a shit about Promethean Exalted? The, the liminals. Oh, they're, yeah. they're just Promethean exalted. Yeah, but it's fine. Hard pass. No, nah, it's good. Exigence, fine, because you can use them to build every other kind of exalted. Pr- liminals, hard pass. Gatimians, <laughs> don't know, hard pass. Ah, don't know, I don't like it. I'm I, a good They're just evil sidereals, and sidereals are already real shitty. Lol. Hard pass. Uh, Abyssals, hard pass. <laughs> Solars, hard pass. Hard pass. As far as I'm concerned, it should just be robots and dragon bloods. That's
1: all I want here. I just want dudes that are on fire fighting robots, and by God, I want that now.
0: Dear Onyx Path, please cater to my extremely dumb whims. <laughs> Signed, not a crackpot, Jeff.
1: Uh so they... I'm not a nutbag.
0: <laughs> so your least favorite thing is the rules of the rule of ones. Yeah,
1: rule of one is the worst thing in this book. Okay, your least favorite thing.
0: Uh let's see. I'm gonna go. What are you gonna go with, man? I liked almost everything in this book. There was the Malkavians. I'm gonna go with the Malkavians. That's a good one to go with. Yeah, I mean, I like the clan disparity in this book. There's a lot of interesting things you can be. They did a pretty good job with writing it. By the way, we never even said the word caitiff.
1: Oh yeah, you can be a clanless, which is a caitiff, and you kind of get some of the bonuses, you, but none of the weaknesses. It's like. You don't get a weakness from your clan, but you also don't get uh, like any of the help from them. You have to be the last one to get cake. Yeah, you're always the last in line, and every time you, they take a picture, you're always in
0: the back. It's like being really short. <laughs> no, it's like being really tall. Oh, you have to be in the before, way back in a picture? Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, I was going to say it's just like having short man syndrome to be a caitiff but sure. So the Malkavians are the monkey cheese class in this game. It doesn't need it. It doesn't help things. Yeah, and the, the problem is, Rules as written, Malkavian would be fine. Yeah, no, perfectly fine. If you were to call them something else and 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 tone down the nonsense, well, like the in their art. art yeah. yeah, I was
1: like, if the art and all the NPCs weren't all just
0: like, Ooh, <laughs> I'm crazy. I'm wearing the Mad Hatter's hat. 10 over 6. Whoop-a-doo. Time for tea. Yeah, no. If,
1: if they had instead made a lot more interesting things with that and toned that down, then I feel like people would be less monkey cheese about it, but the way it is... yeah,
0: they're never yeah. going to Anytime you say this clan or this race or whatever is insane, people go monkey cheese right away. Yeah. That's the only... It's just... It's a natural build in, in uh, role-playing games. It's, what are these? The crazies and riffs? Oh, I'm going to play them like total fucking goofballs. Yep. Because they're not. They're like murderers. <laughs> they're, they're like really weird murderers. But no, you're like, ah, I'm stuffing my face with Twinkies and riding a pogo stick into battle. Maybe I'll jump off a bridge. Petit! That's every time you play. Anyone plays an insane character,
1: yeah. And I hate that because, especially something like Crazies, where it's you are going slowly more insane, is an actual story that is really tragic and like heart wrenching to go with. But no, it's just all goofball
0: shenanigans. Yep. So Malkavian's my least favorite. There you go, John. Would you play Second Edition Vampire: The Masquerade? Uh, I mean, I I'd, I'd play it just
1: because I could, but. I'd rather play a later edition. Me too. I'll be honest.
0: i Honestly, that's more likely because I don't think there's a lot of people playing second out there. Uh, I are... did manage to find the character sheets for it. Yeah, those are very nice. I'm glad I had one to, to do for the bonus content that will soon be coming. Bonus content? Why, what's that? <laughs> bonus content <laughs> is our... <laughs> what's that? Is that a Segway? <laughs> Why, what day is it, sir? <laughs> Why, it's his Segway day. <laughs> Fine, I'll tell you about bonus content briefly. Uh, that is because on our Patreon feed, if you are a subscriber at any level whatsoever, you get our bonus content where we make characters in the game we just reviewed. We get a little further into the, co- the process of character creation, and we always make the stupidest possible characters. And it always gets you. Yeah, sometimes we find something dumb that you could do in the game and just lean hard into it just to show how much you can break it. Sometimes we just make something funny because we had a dumb hair up our ass about something stupid we could do. It's always a good time. You should support us on Patron. You can find out for yourself. There's like 30 of those in there. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. It's like 30 goddamn dicks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, uh, so yeah, uh, my answer as to whether or not I would play this game is I'm not actually all that interested in playing non-exalted White Wolf games that much with one huge caveat, which is that I want to play in a LARP. And I'm going to put out our open call. Once again, System Mastery's official open call. If you have a Southern California LARP, and I'm talking all the way to Los Angeles, we will come to it if you invite us. Yeah. We will make characters. We will take it deadly serious. We will not mess up your game. <laughs> and then we'll go off and make a trip report. We will try our best to not make you look like idiots. We promise. Yeah, we won't. I mean, if you make yourself look like idiots, then all that's just th- you. Just accurate reporting. That's all we're going to do. Yeah. We want a trip report, and we want you to help us. You know, so. I,
1: I looked up in San Diego, and the only one I could find is an, a changeling LARP that goes on in Balboa Park. Oh, Christ. We should just crash it. <laughs> right. Just show up and be like, hey, everyone, I'm a fairy. I'm a werewolf. I'm in the wrong place. Oh, can you help me? I am a vampire and. I
0: am a vampire and what? I'm a vampire and. <laughs> a vampire and. <laughs> Here's a million dollars? I accidentally a vampire. Is that bad? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. we uh, w- My open call is that I will come play in your wo- World of Darkness LARPs. That's the way I would play Vampire. Yeah. Fair enough. There you have it. All right, let's get into the end of this episode. As always, we have been the System Mastery Podcast. Find us and leave your comments, questions, and concerns at SystemMasteryPodcast.com. Or contact us if you have afterthought questions you want to ask us or movies to recommend to us and so on and et cetera. You can find us at Facebook, Twitter, uh, Reddit, or Gmail. All of those places. We are System Mastery.
1: Yeah, just go to r slash System Mastery. We've got sticky threads there where you can ask questions or suggest movies uh, there's a few threads in there right now that are specifically about torturing
0: me. Yeah, there's a whole thread dedicated to making you watch the 1313 movies. I ho- I heartily endorse that. I want that thread to get bigger. People keep talking about it. We'll figure out a way. We'll make him watch those 1313 <laughs> movies. You have my word. I hate everyone. we got to hurry up on this, though, because right now they're all on Amazon Prime, which is perfect. <laughs> I-, I could make him watch them for nothing, and that would be ideal.
1: Yeah, it would be ideal if he didn't have to spend actual dollars yeah, on this. I don't want to
0: do that. Who would? So let's just let's make that happen, everybody. Let's get that done. Uh, otherwise, thank you so much for listening. We've already pushed the Patreon for the episode, so I'm not going to do that again. And until the end of White Ween, which is next week with an afterthought, you guys have a great week. It's a nice day to start again. It's a nice day for a White Ween. Nice day to start again